This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or go to www.memyselfanddie.com. All of the show's playlists, social media links, and other material can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. Hey guys, it's Trevor here from Me, Myself, and I. Thanks for tuning in once again. Today's episode is actually kind of part two of the last episode because when I was shooting the last episode, which was episode 19, it ran pretty long and I knew that eh, I didn't want to have a giant long episode. So what I did was I cut the two episodes, mm, not exactly in half, but in two pieces. So episode 19, which you've just seen, where the ghost ship appears right at the end, that is sort of the first half of, of that episode. So today, what you're going to see is the second half of that episode. So I'm still going to be wearing the same thing. My hair is going to be the same. It's different now, but uh, it'll be the same in the video. The lighting will be the same, everything like that. The episode today is literally going to pick up from where the last episode left off at the appearance of the ghost ship. So just wanted to give you a little full disclosure here. That's that's the reason why that looks the way it does today. Also, I want to let you know that we're doing a special two-week promotion in our merchandise store for the next two weeks, starting today, August the 1st, 2022. If you buy any merchandise whatsoever in the shop, you can get to 10% off using the discount code, which will be linked in the show notes below. So if you're interested in supporting the show through merchandise for the next two weeks, you can get 10% off. So check out the notes below for the discount code and finally just a big thank you to all of my patrons your numbers are growing every day and i can't tell you how much i appreciate your support whether that's the d4s the d6s or the d10 level patrons literally without you people there would be no show so thank you so much for all of your support and um i look forward to providing you as well as all of you out there on youtube with some some more material as we go forward as we are ramping up to the end of this season but we're not there yet because the ghost ship has just appeared on the horizon, and now we return to the deck of the drunken ghoul to see what happens here in episode 20 of Me, Myself, and I, season 3. Okay, everything's getting totally crazy here. Let's deal with what we know up here first. I think as Captain Nicola is 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 trying to burst his bonds, let's give him a muscle roll. Let's give him fives. Uh, yes, he's able to actually do it. He's able to go over to like a boat hook or something and basically like hack off the uh, hack off the bonds, and he's able to to help wind them to his feet as well. But at that moment, as the two of them get to their feet, removing the last of their rope bonds, the captain sees on the horizon, and his face goes pale as though things weren't bad enough with a massive kraken threatening to tear the ship apart with a ghost running around with his own crew in full mutiny right now there is the ghost ship approaching and he begins to to say the crimson viper the crimson viper the crimson viper and at that moment amidst the chaos the men who aren't currently being ripped apart by tentacles stop what they're doing and they notice the crimson viper and they see that there is a much bigger threat on the way even now i think captain nicola has to try and do the unthinkable he has to try and order these men to 
drop their weapons and work together under his leadership in order to save all of their skins. He shouts over the roar of the crack and over the creaking of the boat as it's being pulled back and forth. He shouts the top of his lungs, come together under me right now and get us out of here because of this crack and doesn't bring us down. The ghost ship will. This is a command roll for Captain Nicola. Now he's not actually a PC. He doesn't have a command skill. So, I'm going to go to the chart. Is he able to bring the crew under heel in the middle of this attack? To come together and coordinate themselves in full mutiny as they are right now? Is he able to get through to them and in the urgency, in the madness of the moment, do they come to their senses and for the moment, once again, rally under the captain? I think considering the circumstances, I think there's no way. I think there's no way that can happen. There's no way that can happen, but it's Chaos Factor 8, which means there is a 50% chance of a yes answer. Do they rally? <laughs> Extreme, yes they do. They're able to break of their fear, of their terror, their break of everything. And now what? Now they're, they're, they're still dealing with this Kraken, but as Edward is in the middle of battle, he hears that happen. He hears the men begin to shout to each other, we've got to get underway, we've got to get out of here. He sees what's going on. He, he you know, the, the captain is, is running up to the, uh, running up the stairs to try and get to the wheel to, to get them out of here, but they are under assault by this giant sea monster. He knows that Urazvath sent this. It is only Urazvath that can call it off. Now, it is in Urazvath's interest to call off the attack. Of course it is. He wants Edbert to arrive. So here's my question for the chart. As Edbert cries out, this guy he's fighting basically, basically puts his swords down and immediately runs over to the broken mast to try and lash it up and to try and, you know, get them underway or, or to do something. They know they can't do anything about these tentacles of this monster. In fact, it seems like a mad fool's errand. As one of these guys runs over to try and help prepare the ship, he gets plucked up and, and hurled off the ship as well. So they are losing. Man, these guys are dropping like flies. It is bad. But their only hope right now is for is for Urazvath to call this assault off and Edward cries out, Urazvath, call it off! Get this thing out of here! We've got bigger enemies abroad! Does Urazvath call the beast off? The beast has its own will. It's not just some puppet of Urazvath. It's been out here for some time, under the waters, on its own. And I think that maybe now it's at a massive taste of flesh and blood. I think it might want to continue its assault on the ship. Does Urozvath call off successfully the Kraken? I think it is unlikely because of the nature of the beast. That is a 75% chance of a yes. Does Urozvath successfully call off the beast? <laughs> he does. Somewhere in the tower, Urozvath calls out to the beast and commands it to return from whence it came and it somewhat begrudgingly pulls away from the ship and one by one the tentacles begin to disappear leaving flotsam jetsam and broken crushed mauled bodies bobbing up and down on the waves but there is no time to look for survivors because the 
Crimson Viper is even now on the way. What few men there are left on the ship do everything in their power to try and get the ship aright and to, to, to get it on its way as the Crimson Viper bears down on them. Does the Guardian successfully make its way back on board? I think that's likely. With the 95, so 29, no problem. It slithers its way up the side of the ship. Immediately, Edward sees it and commands it to go back under because he doesn't need that causing any distraction. So it makes its way back down to the hold. Here's the other complicating matter, Sherilyn. Sherilyn is taken by a fanaticism, by a mania. She is going to want to confront the Crimson Viper now. As the captain is on the ship and the ship begins to creak as it turns and the, the, the sails once again fill with wind. What sails there are? The ship has been damaged by the Kraken, don't forget. As he begins to turn the wheel, suddenly he feels a resistance as the wheel is being turned back the other way as if by some ghostly force the ship begins to turn back its bow swinging towards the oncoming ghost ship edward races to the top of the deck and shouts at the top of his lungs shouts with his mind sheridan stop this at once if that ghost ship gets to us we're all done for and so am i remember you want me to live don't you you want me to live if you torn us into that ship, I'll be worse than dead. I'll be like you! This is actually going to be a persuade roll. <laughs> Edbert is going to have to spend the last AP he has on luck to increase his persuade to eight. Does he persuade Sherilyn to leave off the wheel and allow them to get out of here? Or at least try eight or less. Success! Somewhere in what remains of Sherilyn's humanity, that little kernel of reason sees light for one second and knows if she does this, it will put Edbert's life in jeopardy and she has sworn to herself to bring him to justice. This will not give him justice. This will sentence him to undeath. So she releases her ethereal grip on the wheel. It spins back the other way and the ship lurches hard to port. As the drunken ghoul gets underway, Edbert looks back and he can see the pursuing vessel wreathed in sort of an ethereal flame. A, a, the, the red glow that they saw on the horizon is in fact this ghostly fire that is engulfing the ship even now. It looks like the ship is is completely ablaze, but the fire keeps to, keeps flickering in and out of, uh, of existence in a very ghostly, ethereal kind of manner. There's also a, a silvery uh, shimmer around the entire thing. It, almost like uh, they can see through it at some times, but it is moving with great and supernatural speed towards their position. The Drunken Ghoul has a current maneuvering score of six. The boarding is eight. The cannon is seven. The withstand injury is six, but it has taken serious damage. It is down to two. And the crew is normally seven, but they have been decimated. They are down to three. The Crimson Viper. It is a supernatural vessel. So it is a big galleon. It would be slow in life, but in undeath, it has supernatural speed. It's maneuvering is seven. It's boarding. Oh, is 10. Its cannons are eight. It's withstand injury. Yeah, good luck hurting this thing with cannons. It's going to be 10. And the crew is also going to be, I mean, this is the scourge of the seas. This is the thing that everybody's terrified of, so its crew is 10 as well. So this is a really bad scenario as the ghoul is desperately trying to get away. Well, it's moving to flee and the Crimson Viper is closing to board. 
under the night sky. Who gets what they want? The drunken ghoul, the white dice is on six, that's the ghoul, and the black dice is on seven. Oh, okay, all right. So we start in a position of five, but they succeed, and the, <laughs> the Crimson Viper fails, which is an awesome thing that brings us to 10. The ghoul, despite everything else, obviously that leadership of Captain Nicholas is tremendous as the remaining men on board in their damaged ship do everything in their power, which is quite a bit, it seems, to increase the distance between the two vessels as the strange, shimmering, ethereally flaming vessel on the horizon gets further back, but it is not over yet because in order to successfully escape, the fling ship must reach 15. Another round goes by. The Crimson Viper is at extreme cannon range. They could still fire, but I don't think so. I think that they are trying to run the ship down. So here's the thing about the Crimson Viper. Again, this is the thing that everybody's terrified of. The Crimson Viper is going to push. It's going to push, but because it is an undead ship, it does not lose crew when it does this. Before making a roll, the captain may decide to push the crew or the ship. I think the drunken ghoul, this is desperate. They too need to push. They need to push their crew. Oh, but it's bad. They can take up to a plus three, but if they do that, they're gonna damage the ship and penalize it. If they do it to the crew, these exhausted men who are still wounded and terrified from this mad night where they were going to mutiny and then they were attacked by a kraken and then they decided to drop the mutiny because their lead mutineer Carlos was knocked overboard. Yeah, they're gonna push the crew, so they're gonna go down to zero, but they're gonna take a temporary plus three, which means they're rolling on nine. The undead ship is rolling on 10 because they are also pushing and it doesn't cost them anything. They can't do this eternally, but they can certainly do it now as the spirit forms or the skeletons or whatever they are on board that ship are pushing maniacally to catch up. Black is on 10, white is on nine. It is a close one. Ooh, okay, that is a different. They both succeed, but it's a net loss of three. Which means 13 minus 6 goes down to 7. The supernatural ship begins to close the distance, and now on board the ship, Captain Nicola cannot push the men anymore. They are at their breaking point. He cannot push them anymore. He could push the ship, but if he pushes the ship too much, it'll start to break. Here's the thing I'm just gonna ask a quick question. What are the odds that the undead ship pushes again? I think 50-50 um, chance. Oh, extreme, yes, of course they do. And they don't suffer anything, so they continue to push. So once again, the undead ship is rolling on tens. It's rolling on tens. Captain Nicholas sees this vessel, the, the scourge of these seas coming after them, closing the distance. He has to push the ship by two. The the, the, injure, the the hull level of the ship goes down to zero. No penalties yet, but the, oh, this poor damaged ship that's been mutilated and battered by this kraken is now continuing to suffer damage as they push this is going to be eights on white tens on black <gasps> okay okay the black ship fails and we increase the distance by six we push it to 13 two within our escape vector here oh the distance is increased this is just speed now. Raw speed and willpower to escape one more round. The ghoul cannot 
cannot push again without suffering true damage to the men and to the ship. But that was an extreme yes on the previous round, whether that ship was the Crimson Viper was going to push. I think it's gonna do it again, and it's gonna do it. We're gonna say now, we've established this, it can do it three times during an encounter for free. So it's rolling on tens, and unfortunately, the ghoul is rolling on sixes. <laughs> okay, well, that's a failure of both. So half an hour basically goes by as they can see that they're not uh, increasing the distance, but they're not decreasing either. Nicola looks back, he can see that they're still he knows as well that they're not going to stop. They they have to outrun them. There's no there's no parlay. There's no talking. There's no fighting with these things either. They have to have to have to outrun it. Here's my question in this round: Is there something that Sherilyn can do to interfere with them? Sherilyn is a powerful wizard who, who dedicated her life to fighting the undead. She has seen the reason now of keeping Edward alive. He, alive. He's gotten through to her. My question is, does she reach out with her mind right now and use her powers to suck the wind from the sails? Now, normally that wouldn't work because this ship doesn't need real wind. It, it uses supernatural energy, but... Sherilyn can see that ethereal wind that it sails these seas on. She can see it and she can affect it. She is going to roll a magic spell, basically, and she's going to roll on eights. And the ship is going to get a withstand magic. Let us see if she reaches out with her powers, whether she can severely hamper, even for just one round, this pursuing ship. Eights. Oh yes, on sevens, which means the withstand magic has to beat that seven in order to succeed. What is the withstand magic? Oh boy, I think the withstand magic of the Crimson Viper, and not as high as withstand injury though, I think it's eight. Evens, evens, evens. Does it withstand the magic? It does, but only for one, which means the total damage is going to be six. So for this round only, its maneuvering is going to be penalized by six, which means temporarily it's rolling with a plus one. She does not manifest, but Edbert can see her on the stern of the ship and she reaches out, her ghostly form stretching out a, a translucent arm and concentrating and whispering ethereal words of magic under her breath and sure enough Edbert can see this because he can no one else can see but Edbert can and he turns to Captain Nickel and he says Captain Sherilyn's doing something I think this is our chance you've got to put everything into it right now and he does man put your backs into it if we don't do it now we are lost do you want that ship to get us okay here we go he can't push anymore Take damage. He's rolling on six. The Viper is rolling on one because of Sherilyn. White's on six, Black's on one. <gasps> two and 11. Well, 11 is a fail, two. 13 plus two is 15. As somehow the men of the ghoul put their backs into it, probably through terror, and manage to escape the Crimson Viper, which itself struggling over this unexpected magical and supernatural assault. Whoever is the ghostly captain of this ship knows that something is up on the escaping vessel, but alas, the drunken ghoul has escaped. 
Okay, that brings us to the end of the scene. Threads. Oh my god. Stop the mutiny is done. That's the only thread that is closed, I think. Are there new threads? Uh, no. Uh, there's no new NPCs because we already know the Crimson Viper is an NPC, but that has emerged. They did manage, by, beyond all expectations, to not only deal with the mutiny in a very odd way, thanks to a uh, random roll from Warzrath. <laughs> so although the Drunken Ghoul is terribly damaged, I think the Chaos Factor is going to go back down to seven as they sail into the blackness of the night onwards to the Dead Man's Reef. They are only a day away from the Dead Man's Reef, but these men still mutinied against Captain Nicola, and there will have to be a price to be paid for that. When things calm down on the deck, Captain Nicola is going to have to deal with this one way or the other. Now it may be that the man that they consider the instigator, Carlos, is no longer on board. Whether he lives or dies will of course be up to the dice to determine it's not looking good for Carlos though. But for the moment, they are safe. The other question we have is, with all of these delays to the drunken ghoul, did the Inquisitor's Leap beat them to the Dead Man's Reef? We are going to find the answer to that question out next time on the next episode of Me, Myself and Die, where finally, all parties seem to be converging on the soul cage. What will happen? Is this the end of the story? Is this the final episode coming up? Is that going to be the finale, the climax? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But that won't be today. That will be on a later episode of Me, Myself and I. Thank you so much for joining. If you enjoy what I do here, please do hit like and subscribe. If you want to help support the show, you can do it either on Patreon, or you can do it by buying the products through the drive-thru RPG links below, or you can do it by visiting our store at memyselfanddie.com and purchasing some, some handmade stuff and collectibles that we do there, or you could just tell your friends about the show and get them to watch it. Anything you do is appreciated. Your views are uh, very much appreciated as well. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time on the next episode of Me, Myself, and Die. <laughs>